Week 11, not for the week. Final push for the playoffs. Time to find out what you've been building. Let's discuss super flex options again for Would You Rather. Where can we pay down for DFS this week? Are we going to pay down for DFS this week? And we got DFS picks for the week. First step, though, housekeeping. Let's review Bengals-Ravens. Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Let's continue the process. All right, ladies and gentlemen, week 11 here at the process. So we got to start housekeeping off with a little bit of last week hits and misses. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? And, you know, sometimes I feel like I got to tell you guys about the things that didn't or that I didn't talk about that that hit. And the most significant part of that this week, this past week, was probably just being um, a little low on Keenan Allen. Oh, I'm sorry, not low on Keenan Allen. This past week, it was probably just not recognizing that we have an opportunity with Devin Singletary. It was a last-minute thing on Sunday, but at this point, I should have been able to just sort of realize that without Pierce in the picture – he gets all the touches. And so, we again, we always want to focus on somebody who's going to be a part of the game plan and the production. And we'll worry about the results once we got the touches and the attempts and all that. So I think that's the big, like, miss. But in terms of the DFS lineup, we did fine. We did good. The one other thing that I hate is I waited a little longer to put in my contest last week than I normally would. And so what happened is I couldn't spend the amount of money that I wanted to for the double-up cash game. I had to split it up into several, you know, a couple um, different contests to cover the same amount. Just, it's not something I want to do, but the result this week was I ended up splitting my money because of that. So, not the end of the world, though. Anytime you bring back money or you draw, you know, even with DraftKings, you won for the week. Drawing even is still a win because I had fun. Drawing even is still a win because I got I got to work the sweat on Sunday over six, seven hours or, or however long. We It's more than that. Sunday night football. There's a lot of football on Sunday, but it was worth it from the advantage of I don't have a loss to show for, and I still have fun all of Sunday. So you may not consider you know breaking even important, but it is in the process. We want to break even or do better, obviously do better every week. But same lineup barely made the cat barely made the cut inside of the uh, contest we won barely fell out of the cut in the contest we didn't win like less than a point so so basically what we know about last week was the the cut line was roughly 148 149 on DraftKings for cash games that's just what we know based off of those results but I'm going to say those are fair results and our reasoning for doing the things we were doing and avoiding the chalk was was spot on Talked about golf being very popular. Herbert has uh, a capped upside. Herbert went off. He did good because uh, Allen did good. So, you know, that part we were wrong on Herbert. He was able to exceed the ceiling that I think I had set for him. Stroud had a tough matchup was my suspicion, and I didn't really want to go there. Boy, were we wrong again about C.J. Stroud. I'll keep taking my licks on that. Burrow's interesting, but I think Mixon gets going this week. That's not what happened, right? So a little bit of loss there. 
Uh, but I did talk about Burrow as an alternate lineup, no Higgins. And I said it would make sense for them to lean more on the run because no Higgins. So, you know, a little bit of wrong in terms of diagnosing that Bengals game altogether when you think about Stroud and Burrow and the run game. Just didn't have the right read on that one. Prescott with a divisional opponent who's back against the wall. I thought they may be a little more susceptible to the run in the Giants, and it just didn't matter. So that was something, too, where bit of a miss because we didn't cue in on him as somebody we could go to for easy points. Didn't want to guess with Kyler Murray, um, you know, how I felt was interesting, but ultimately would have played Burrow over him. Can't trust Geno. He did end up, you know, doing pretty well, but, you know, I feel okay in passing him up. Purdy, I felt, had everybody and everything. And so I, I, you know, didn't have anything definitively saying go to him because I just felt that McCaffrey was in a good spot. Everybody was in a good spot. We'll see if that whole same for this week, though. Now, we did cue in on Baker Mayfield as our cash game quarterback, and that worked out. Talked about him being cheap, coming off a good game against a tougher opponent, uh, with a, with an opponent that's tougher against the run, so they should have room to find Mike Evans. They did not have success in the run game. He did have room to find Mike Evans. I simply said pair him with Baker, will be low on, has a great matchup against a funnel defense, exceptional against the run, and so Tampa Bay will need to air it out. And he did have his uh, best game of the season, more than paid off that $7,200. That was a huge hit. We talked about uh, Keaton Allen being too expensive for this defense, said he'll be fine at 88K, but is uh, too much. Said Lamb would also be fine, but I think more man coverage that this week does hamper his upside. A little wrong on Allen, a little wrong on Lamb. They both did just fine. So didn't have that, but we had the Evans part. So we still brought back money, and we had the St. Brown part. Um, I said – Excuse me. I said uh, St. Brown was a Amon Ross. St. Brown was an alternate to Keenan Allen for us last week. Good spot on the road chasing against a team with a good offense. Also ready to score. Uh, said he would be able to beat the zone. No problem. And it's all about if golf could hit him. Um, as Laporta is also a strong play on the day. Wrong about Laporta. Right about St. Brown. So having St. Brown in there with Evans. We hit. We had Metcalf in the flex. He didn't overproduce, but he didn't underproduce. We got something from him, and so he didn't kill us. We had Hopkins as our third receiver. That did not work out, but we did hit on so many other things that it did work out uh, just fine, namely Mike Evans. So tight end, wrong there. Had Laporta and Everett. So either way you slice it, it was wrong at tight end. Said nothing else was really dependable. Uh, Running back quite simply wanted to keep it simple, pay down. Talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, both the running backs. At home, good spot defensively versus the weaker Packers off uh, defense, basically. Um, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't have a dependable passing game, as I still assert, but the defense is coming on strong. Defense could lead the way, bleed the clock with the running backs. Jalen Warren, 5K, Najee Harris, 4,900. This will also allow us to access a good run situation without picking up a running back or guessing as we pay down. That was a clutch play for us. Seal the deal. They both went off. We got over 15 points from both of them. So from one backfield, um, not a lot of people did that. It was low on. It was great. It was a good play, and that also helped this lineup into victory. Finally, the Cardinals um, you know, had that defense not killing us, and that worked out too. Look, you don't have to get the most from the defense. That's the trap to play, to play up for the defense. 
And if you think I'm wrong, I want to suggest that you go and look at, if you play DFS, you play DraftKings, go and look at the people who win the contest. Go and look at, you know, at the end when it's over, you can go and look at the results. You can go look at the winning lineups. Go check it out. These people are always bottoming out for the defense. Bottoming out for defense. Playing plays that you probably didn't even think about because the idea that you're going to get burned is not the reality a lot of the times. So you want to play something cheap that ain't going to break the bank. I think that's a part of the formula with everything else that we talked about, certainly in terms of, you know, uh, you know, single entry, you know, capped entry, cap number of entries, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not going to bore you guys with those details again, but that is the last week. That's the DFS results moving forward into, you know, housekeeping for this week, for week 11, look, you know, to, to quote game, you know, winter is here. Think about it. I like this analogy because I want you guys to think about it just like a winter. Think about it just like a medieval winter. The playoffs are coming. You got to be ready. You got to fortify yourself. Get your goods. Go out there into the forest. Get your, you know, your stuff you need for wood. Get your, your veggies or whatever, you know, the things that you need. Hunt the meat that you need. Get that. Bring it back in because winter is coming. You want to be ready for winter inside. You do not want to be out in the storm. Quite simply, this is the strategy that we want to, or the analogy that we want to think about for the playoffs. And so you need to fortify yourselves for winter. Get ready to make your run. So that means, you know, hitting the wire, thinking about what you need to do for your trades or what have you, because the trade deadline is coming up. But remember, playoffs are around the corner. So I just want to advise you all, Think a couple of weeks ahead and start to get this thing together now. In so many leagues, take some time this week, sit down, you know, clean out the coffers of the bench, things I don't need anymore. Load up two, three guys that may be needed down the line, that may serve as depth down the line if my, you know, stars go down for whatever reason. But you've got to start shaping that up because winter's coming. Now, for DFS, I want to remind you guys as part of housekeeping, because we just talked about Singletary, to we got to clean the house this week. So we need to talk about follow the injuries for the free square. Don't do like I did last Sunday. I heard them say Pierce isn't playing. Oh, that's interesting. I know that's interesting some way is what I thought. But I'm going to keep doing what I what I was thinking before. That's not the way to be. I'm here to tell you guys that on Sundays, especially before lock, especially you're going to get this most valuable information that is going to set your lineup apart, especially in DFS from other people that did not have this information because it just came out. Some of these people set their lineups the night before earlier that day, whatever earlier in the week. Sometimes it's crazy, but point being, we want to get that information up to the last moment. That's the whole point of why I don't do the podcast earlier in the week. It doesn't behoove you guys if I don't have the best information. So we got to wait. Now, next week being the holiday, we, you know, we're going to have to do something like do it early, but that is a misnomer. Generally, get this information at the last minute, but for DFS, especially follow the injuries up to the last minute. I cannot stress that enough. That is going to give you an edge that nobody else has. Next point. Uh, for most 
leagues, like we just talked about trade deadlines coming up at the end of this week. Uh, don't get weak at one position to get stronger than others. My real last final advice about trades. You want a, a wide receiver. You're going to give up a running back to give a wide receiver. And then he's going to give you back, you know, a guy you don't want to start a wide receiver and a running back. So basically you traded a wide receiver for a running back and now you're hurting at wide receiver. That's what I mean when I say don't give up equity in one position to get it in another. You're still going to be out in the dark at one position. So I understand sometimes we get the itch, you know, trades are about to be done, the ability to do it. We get excited. We want to make a move. Don't overextend yourself, though, especially if you're in playoff position. You hate the, um, I guess, you know, trampling all the work you've been doing all year, following the process. Don't go out like that. All right, so we talked about the trades there. Um, now, Thursday night football, let's let's end up housekeeping here as promised. Bengals at Ravens, you know, you know, battle of the walking dead. Significant injuries uh, going on throughout the game. Some, you know, some able to be played through, some not. But Bengals at Raven build this, you know, a great start to the week. It's a great Thursday night game, and we know both these teams are vying for that division. Certainly, both vying for playoff spots. Now, Burrow ends up having the the thumb issue, the wrist issue. Now, excuse me. We saw he was taped up yesterday coming in. You know, tries to play out there, falls on it. That looks gnarly, and then you know. Tries to throw on a sideline that doesn't work, and he ends up leaving the game. We can only hope that this isn't like a long-term thing, but in terms of the rest of the game specifically, it kind of went what you expect about, you know, a Bengals team without Joe Burrow. Browning came in, you know, if you even know who he is, and you need try to be all right, try to be serviceable, score a touchdown to Chase. That's what you need to do. But, you know, not much else to be expected, and so the game kind of went as to be expected. Ravens at home against Bengals without Jer Burrow. Then obviously they were able to press and win the game, but it was kind of contested and heated, you know, up until that point. Ravens, uh, you know, needed this victory, and I think it's a key victory coming off of the loss last week against the Browns. Certainly would not want to have dropped two in the row. Bengals were trying to get hot at the right time. They needed this. Five and five is not going to tank them though. They're fine as long as Burrow is fine. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with Burrow. But we'll, we'll err on the side of caution and say he's going to be okay. He's on the sideline and everything. I'm, I'm you know, optimistic. Now, in terms of the Ravens, though, you know, one other thing to notice is Jackson spreading the ball around a little bit. Nelson Aguilar, we expect, if you're going to say that the Ravens had success passing against his own defense, then certainly his best target is Nelson Aguilar on the year. The numbers show that. But you also see Odell Beckham Jr. coming along a little. You see, you know, some you know flowers getting in there, and I like that for Jackson because as we get deeper into the season, you can't just keep relying on Zay Flowers, right? You're gonna have to spice it, spice it up a little bit. Now we did see Jackson get banged up. We did see Mark Andrews leave the game uh, off of his injury for the ankle, uh, and we we saw. OBJ get banged up too. This was a tough game as the AFC North generally are contested battles, but Ravens able to power through. I think most of these injuries are minor. Doesn't look like anybody's hopefully going to be on the shelf for too long. We're still waiting on Joe Burrow. But also, last thing we'll mention about the Ravens, the Gus Bus, again, splitting that time with with Keaton Mitchell. So there's, you know, 
definitely a share going on. Wouldn't say one's more, you know, valuable than the other at this point. From week to week, they kind of seem to be doing the hot hand thing or, you know, whichever is suited versus that defense. But they're both valuable and certainly can be your RB2 or flex if you if you need that, right? Like, so just something to keep our eye on. But Mitchell is coming on at the right time of the year. That's our housekeeping for the week, though. That's week 11. Take this stuff to heart, and uh, we're going to make this playoff push, y'all. Let's play a little round of Would You Rather. I will go through 12 conundrums and tell you whether I would rather play this player or that player this week. And we're going to do super flex again, like we did last week. So we may have some quarterback questions in here. Let us begin with our 12. Again, just uh, looks like the top conundrums for the week. So you've got Josh Allen at quarterback or Kyler Murray. So Josh Allen and the Bills going up against the Jets. And we also have, um, sorry, I'm flipping my tabs here. Kyler Murray going up against Houston. So tougher matchup for Murray. Murray is on the road. And the Buffalo Bills are at home. So I think in this matchup, I want to say Josh Allen over Kyler Murray because we still need to see more from Kyler Murray. He was pretty good last week, but he wasn't great. There was still a turnover there. It was a weaker opponent. This will be a tougher matchup. We'll have to see. Not saying he won't be viable offensively, but we'll have to see. I would trust Josh Allen more in this scenario. I know he's had his struggles and his problems, but... Going up against the Jets' familiar opponent, um, I believe he's going to have a successful time finding Diggs. I know, I you know, I know they can key in on him, but versus the zone, I believe Diggs will be able to get open. And then Josh Allen also, I think, can make some smarter decisions in terms of passing it to Kincaid. You do have Cook running well right now too, so you know you've got a little bit more support on the ground than I think they usually do. I probably just go with Josh Allen in that one. Next up, would I go with Russell Wilson or Trevor Lawrence? So Russell Wilson and the Broncos have been playing better as of late. You don't have to like it. You don't got to love it. They're going up against Minnesota. I think this is going to be a highly contested game. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, he's been on the struggle bus a little bit lately. They are going up against Tennessee. They're hosting them at home. I believe that... Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars have a better chance to win the game, but Russell Wilson has a better chance to be more impactful, even if the Broncos don't win the game. And so based off of what I'm seeing with him and Peyton and that offense, it's not perfect at times. And he's still certainly trying not to make a lot of mistakes. I would rather have him versus Trevor Lawrence. It's just not clicking for Lawrence. Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts. We saw Jackson play tonight. I would have I would have played Hurts straight up, even if I had this game, you know, had this question before the game. Only one time this year that we go to Lamar Jackson. It worked, and that was great, but we didn't fall in love with it. We went away. If you guys remember, everybody else in the league started going to him after that. 
these are isolated scenarios because he's a limited passer that we can use Lamar because you get the rushing upside from somebody like a Jalen Hurts. And we talked about that week that we picked Lamar, you know, the, the good reasons to pick him. But then, you know, in other weeks where we pick Jalen Hurts, we key in on this very same fact that we can get the rushing upside you get from Lamar from Jalen Hurts, but he scores more touchdowns on the ground and he can pass a whole lot better. So generally, this is not a, a tough question from week to week. You know, Hurts over Jackson. Matthew Stafford going up against Seattle or Kyler Murray going up against Houston. I would say Kyler Murray just because Stafford and the Rams, they're such a stagnant offense. Uh, I, they're facing a divisional opponent. I believe the Rams um, – have they have a chance to win this game for sure, in my opinion? But Seattle, Seattle's not playing poorly. The defense is not playing poorly. I, they could end up limiting Stafford. I'm just, it's a reality. But Kyler Murray, I think this is a newer opponent. I know Houston has been tough, but Murray is an exceptional player. As we just said, we saw flashes of that last week. If I'm looking for upside, I got to go with Murray. If I just need to safe play, I probably go with Stafford. But I think nine times out of 10, I just. I would probably go with Murray over Stafford, and I'll do that this week here. All right, Pat Mahomes or C.J. Stroud. So, interesting one here. C.J. Stroud going up against that Arizona defense or Pat Mahomes going up against the Eagles. You know, the the I would have to say based on Mahomes' struggles, you would you would be right to want to want to pick C.J. Stroud. I know I have not accurately proclaimed his greatness as early as some others. I've been a little, you know, slow to the party, a little slow to the take, but I understand the intangibles that this man is bringing to the table. And I'm, you know, not going to be gun shy about calling him out for what he's doing, which is a lot of good work right now, but I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and probably the biggest game of the year for Phil, for, uh, Excuse me, for Kansas City. I was going to say for Philadelphia, but for Kansas City. It is a big game. It's the Kelsey Bowl. It's a huge game. And I know for Kansas City, if they can have this get-right moment, they will feel a lot better about themselves moving into the playoffs because although the record is good, you know they've had some struggles, and people are questioning them. I'm not going to go against the old gunsling. I'm going to go with Mahomes, but Stroud is in a good spot. He's going to be popular in DFS this week. All right, would you rather Jared Goff this week or Tua Tagovailoa? I would rather play Tua this week. Goff is in a good spot, not taking anything away from him, but Tua has so much upside. If you need the safer play, then it's Goff. So if it's 50-50 or if it's a seasonal, you know, you just don't want to get hurt, it's Goff. You're looking for fireworks, you want to try Tua. All right, Pat Mahomes or Tua this week. Uh, This is actually a a better conundrum than versus CJ Stroud. I would say this, this is a tough one, but I will go with Tua this week. I'll take Tua. They're just so explosive and Miami knows we'll talk about it and reload, but they know how to blow the top off. And, you know, more times than not, he's been successful and underplayed in tougher matchups where they just, you know, excelled. So I'm going to say Tua. Again, because Mahomes in that offense has yet to click this year. Not saying they can't. Philly's a little, you know, uh, got some problems in the secondary. But let's go to him. David Montgomery in a 
revenge game uh, or Isaiah Pacheco this week, Kansas City. Well, Philly is not the team to run against. So we're just going to go Montgomery and we'll get more into Montgomery's analysis and reload. Brock Purdy or Sam Howell this week? I love this. This is a great question that I actually got asked during the week, actually, at work. And the person was thinking they may play Sam Howell, which I understand because that offense, they just want to throw it. They've been putting up the numbers. He's been putting up the numbers. He's not afraid to throw it. Purdy, uh, I think, is the play here, though. A couple of reasons. Tampa Bay, much tougher against the run. And so they're not going to stop McCaffrey. But the path to victory is through the air, even if it means passing it to McCaffrey. So I like Purdy and that offense to hum along. Everything is in play there. Their defense is in play. Washington, I think, is in a trap game with the Giants. The Giants back against the wall. I'm not sure what we're going to get from them, but I'm a little leery to say that Sam Howell will outplay Brock Purdy. I do think Sam Howell can have a good day, but Brock Purdy and the offense should roll, and it just really is about how will they roll. And even if it's a game that they win, they're still going to put up like 40 before they pull people, in my opinion. So, you know, that's the that's the route to go right there. That's a team barnstorming towards the playoff. Whereas the commanders, these people paying they playing for their jobs now. They're playing for desperation. You know, it's a lot of nervousness. You know, we don't really need that, do we? Let's go with Brock Purdy and the team trying to get poised and make a run, who's coming off of a victory feeling good. Easy, easy pick. Adam Thielen or Devonta Smith? Great question. And I will go with Devonta Smith. I know most will say Thielen. He's not in a bad spot versus Dallas against the zone. But I'm not. We'll talk about Frank Reich and reload. I'm just not convinced on them. And I'm going to continue to stay out on Thielen. I you know, recommended him a week or two. It didn't work out. This isn't because of that. I just think in terms of these two right here, Devonta Smith, probably a little bit more to, to offer. All right. Joe Mixon or Najee Harris. So Joe Mixon, I would have expected to outproduce Najee just because Najee's in the timeshare with Jalen Warren now, who's actually being referred to as the starter. Not saying Najee can have a bad day. We saw last going to have a bad day. We saw last week how they both can do. But I expected Mixon to you know maybe do a little more in the run game as I was hoping for last week. He got in the box this week, so we'll have to end up seeing what Najee Harris does. But I would have probably chose Mixon over Harris. And finally, Christian Kirk over J- or Jalen Waddle this week. You know, I will say Jalen Waddle this week. Um, however, it's by just a little bit. Christian Kirk is in a good spot. I do like him of the Jaguars receivers, but you could see Lawrence spread it around. And Calvin really is, is not in a bad spot either. And so there's that. I know Jalen Waddle is out there with Tyree Hill, though. And so. You know, there's the opportunity for him to play alongside him and watch he'll take a lot of attention, if you will. Waddle should be the beneficiary of that. Again, not saying Kirk is in a bad spot, but if I had to pick between these two, this way more upside with Waddle. So in tournaments, I'm actually playing Waddle this week. But if I was if I needed another cash game wide receiver, I would go with Christian Kirk. So I hope that makes sense. Kirk is the play that I feel more comfortable about hitting the floor, uh, but maybe not necessarily exploding because we just haven't seen that from Trevor Lawrence. I do think that Waddle has a chance to explode. So if you need explosions, if you need tournament points, then it would be Waddle. But that is 
who you rather for this week for week 11. I hope that helps you guys figure out who you would rather. And now it's time for the process to reload. Thursday's complete, so we'll move right along into Sunday and started off with Pittsburgh at Cleveland. So we know Deshaun Watson is now out for the year with that shoulder. I don't even know what to make of that, you know, but moving forward, looks like you're going to get PJ Walker. And the bad thing about this is the trade deadline just passed. So it's not like they can do anything at all. They are stuck. They are stuck in PJ Walker land. This week, I think we get a lot of hunt and Ford. You got to go with what has been working for you. We know that is the formula when you've got diminished play quarterback for this team. That's the name of the game. Now, Amari Cooper, I don't know if I play him in DFS, but I think you feel okay about it in a seasonal. You still roll him out. P.J. Walker has shown the ability to activate him at least. But that Cleveland defense will need to step up to the to the mat here and lead the way. This has to be their game to win. Pittsburgh, for their part, talked about this earlier. Not sold on the Pittsburgh offense. You know, Kenny Pickett, not my guy. I'm just not going there. He can, you know, activate maybe one receiver, but there's such a limited upside, and this is a tough defensive opponent. So I'm just not expecting much. I'm expecting them to run the ball a little bit more, um, but I just don't see a whole lot of opportunity there on the road in Cleveland. I think the defense leads the way. This is going to be a tough, tough matchup. I think this is going to be a grinded out one, but Cleveland's defense finds a way to get it done at home. And uh, they win, but it's certainly going to have to be Ford and Hunt leading the way, the defense leading the way. I like their defense. I think you could pick that defense. I would be hesitant to pick the Steelers defense because, again, I expect Cleveland to have a little bit less problems moving the football on the ground at least. Pittsburgh will be able to move it on the ground a bit too, but they will have a little more trouble. Frymouth's coming back. I'm not sure that's going to matter so much in this game. If Cleveland's playing zone, I'm thinking maybe, well, I, was be, I would be thinking George Pickens, but with Deontay Johnson back, it's just hard to determine which of these guys is going to get like the 218 yards from Pickens. I mean, it's just not a lot there. This is one where we felt strongly about Pittsburgh last week getting the win. They're going to lose this week, I think, to Cleveland. Reload. Arizona at Houston. So Kyler Murray. We saw what he was last week going into Houston. Now Houston has shown that they can play with the big boys this year after that victory against Cincinnati. So I believe Houston is going to play him tough. This will be a tougher game. I like some more Connor on the ground against Houston. Try to keep things a little closer that way. I think that's a fantastic route to play because the Arizona defense does not inspire much confidence. CJ Stroud should be able to pick these boys apart. Back to Arizona though. Kyler Murray. I would... You can't look at the data and say, oh, well, they throw this guy, they throw that guy based on this coverage or that coverage or this percentage of the time because we have a new quarterback now. So I'm watching those numbers. I'm not just believing it because they've been doing it before. It's all about a quarterback's preference, what he's thinking in his head when the play is breaking down. We don't have enough empirical evidence 
to make those kinds of uh, assumptions right now. So Connor is the one thing, but again, this is a diminished team playing a better team on the road. So Houston is the play here. The Houston defense, I'm not going to go so far as to play them because again, we don't, we don't have the whole body of work for Kyler this year with this offense, with this coach, with these players. So we need to see. For Houston, though, you're getting Pierce back. And so Singletary, obviously his roles diminish. I, I you know, I don't know if you just roll Pierce out there, Bowling Wall style, or you ease him back in. So personally, I'm staying away from that. If you got either of those guys in seasonal, play them if you need to, unless you got some pure starter ahead of them. But for DFS, I don't think I necessarily need to get there. CJ Stroud is probably the way to go. And that's going to be the most popular thing on DFS for sure. I think the mistake, though, is a lot of people thinking, Play, play Noah Brown this week where you got to remember Nico Collins is coming back. He wasn't playing last week. And certainly it's a busy wide receiver room there when you add in Tank Dell as well. So a lot of hands, a lot of mouths to feed. You got Dolan Schultz at tight end. I think he's less of a factor this week against Arizona, but Stroud is just going to feed whoever he can. I don't think he needs to rely on just one guy. He's shown the ability to hit all these guys all year. So I don't know if you can necessarily cue on that, but Houston finds a way to win this game. I think their defense, you get Stingley back, and so you're getting a couple of your pieces. They come up strong in a victory that they need to keep their playoff hopes alive at home. Reload. Tennessee going on the road to play Jacksonville. Tennessee, not great. Levis will be better this game. I think he can get it to Hopkins and be serviceable. They're not going to go off like before, but I think he can get it to Hopkins this game. Westbrook Kyan should be better this game. But ultimately, this will have to be about can Tennessee get something out of the ground game? I do expect a better game from Henry for sure. Spears should be fine in his role. I'm not expecting more than like, you know, 10 points from him. But can Derrick Henry get you 20 fantasy football points here against Jacksonville? He can. And that'll help set the tone for the defense or for the offense. And so for the passing game. So I think running is the way to go for Tennessee. They're going to have to lean into that this game. On the Jacksonville side of things, they're going to try to run too, but I think Tennessee's a little more stout. They are not as tough as Nails up front as they once were, but they're still a little tougher. Etienne can find a little bit of room, but I think it's going to be more about Lawrence hitting these wide receivers. Ridley's in play. Zay Jones, we know you know the arrest thing, so I don't know what's going on with him, but either way, it wasn't going to be him. It was going to be Ridley or Kirk. I like Kirk of the two of those. Kirk against the zone is definitely the guy. And so I foresee that Etienne is probably too expensive in DFS, but in seasonal, you got him. You play fine, play him and feel fine about it. Lawrence is questionable, man. I don't know if I necessarily need to go there um, unless it's like, you know, two quarterback league, super flex or whatever. But this is a game that is definitely winnable for them. And I'm going to give it to them. I say they get to seven and three at home against a weak Tennessee opponent. Tennessee doesn't embarrass themselves. So they show up, they try to do what they can, but I think we see one more week that helps underscore that King Henry is just Derrick Henry. Now reload Vegas going to Miami. This is Miami's MO. They beat up the weak teams. They haven't beat like a top ranked team. And I don't know how long I saw the stats this week, but if you, now the stories are coming out. Now the truth is coming out. Miami playing like a front runner, beating up the little guys, can't hang with the big boys. And so Vegas fits the role of the team they beat up. This is, I know Antonio Pierce's team has been on a roll, but they faced two real weak football teams. So 
I think that buck stops here this week. Vegas is going to have their back against the wall against a Miami team that is quick, strong, and fast. You're getting a con back or a shan back, however he wants to pronounce this week. He's back. He's quick. We know how fast he is. I don't know if they necessarily give him the full load right away. Um, I think you maybe ease him back in. And Mostert is still out there. Mostert seems to be slowing down a little bit. He's older. You guys have to remember he's 30-plus. Father time is catching up to him. That's apparent in the last couple of weeks. They haven't been as dynamic in the run game. I'm thinking that's why and not the run game. So we'll get more of a mix. I do think through the air, we will see Tua be Tua. I'm interested in that for DFS for tournament purposes. And Tyreek Hill, he's expensive, but guess what? He can still pay off based on his production and results this year, based on his targets and target share this year. So we are interested. That's all systems go in all formats. I will be playing him in my cash game lineup because nobody else is going to want to afford to play that. I want to do it. He's in a great matchup. Vegas is not going to be able to stop him. Waddle is also in play because you can't pay attention to everybody. Again, the running is where they've had problems stopping offenses. And so with HM Beck and you got Mostert, Vegas has his hands has their hands full, quite simply. So a lot to like on the Miami side. For the Vegas side, typically you want to go Devontae Adams, but listen, I, now that they have you know increased help at the at the cornerback position, as we've been talking about the past couple of weeks in Miami, I'm just, you know, it's more of a battle. It's less of something that is, you know, expected, and it's just more of a battle. So, I will just say Vegas is going to lose that game. Miami wins. I think they roll at home. Defense looks good. You could play that for Miami. Reload. Dallas at Carolina. So, you know, Carolina should get rolled in this one, but I expect Dallas to get the run game going. Carolina has been a little worse against the run than they have the past. So, I think even with Derrick Brown, it's interesting that they haven't been able to stop much people, but it's true. And so, little love for Dowdle this week. You know, you can stretch that in DFS if you need to, but more importantly, go ahead and uh, load up the Tony Pollard. That's what we're going to do, play him in the flex for DFS this week. He's in a really good spot. I think he leads the way. Lamb should be fine against this zone defense. I'm not too concerned, but he would be the primary target. Everybody else, uh, I think, you know, maybe passes here and there, whatever, but nobody really stands out except for Brandon Cooks. He's not going to do what he did last week, and he's going to be overly popular, so I would caution you against that. However, with Dallas looking to just, you know, fortify themselves, like we said, get ready for winter, don't go on the road and blow it, right? Just lean into this. McCarthy, at times, talking about shouldn't have run the football more. You're the guy calling the plays now. So you can run this football against a team that you should be able to beat. The defense is in great play for Dallas. And so I really expect them to be able to create turnovers, be able to stop Carolina and get ahead. And we run. On the Carolina side of things, it's a mess. Frank Reich and his people, it's a mess. He gave up play calling abilities a couple of weeks ago, taking them back now. That just sounds like a mess. There's a mess. There's a mess. There's a mess. There's high hopes for this team. I had this team as a possible playoff sleeper. There's a lot going wrong, though, and there's a lot that will need to get fixed or else I could see some heads rolling. I know it's early to say, but man, are they staring at a big problem here? So Carolina is going to have to get something figured out now. Thielen, I mean, and again, it's like no variation in plays, no variation in packages. Everything is very vanilla and bland. You're going to have to switch something up. Thielen, they were getting it to him before. He's your primary target, but I mean, I just don't see that as much this week. You know, he's obviously a little better against zone. Dallas wants to play a bit more man coverage. 
And I don't believe that Thielen will, you know, get the, he's going to get a lot of attention. So I don't think he's going to be able to just snap off is what I'm getting at. So I don't like a whole lot for Carolina. I will not necessarily convince you to go for anything there. If you have to play Chuba Hubbard, that's fine because they do need to run the football. But other than that, I can't see anything. I think Dallas's defense is the all-star here. And like I said, Pollard leading the way. Dottle should be interesting to some degree. Maybe he gets you 10 points. Garbage time. Reload. Uh, Chicago at Detroit. Revenge game for David Montgomery. The Bears who did not want to pay him to keep him around. And they're in Detroit. This could be a nice one. So I like, you know, we know coach wants to be, you know, this smash mouth football team for Detroit. We know that this is what they want. So let's lean into that a little bit. You have Gibbs and you had Montgomery, but I think it's more of a Montgomery week. Now, that being said, the Bears have been pretty tough on the ground. Like, they've not been a pushover. And so, I think the path to victory is through the air. It's another Amon Ross St. Brown week for sure. Laporta in play. I think he's in play, and that's fine. But it's strictly those two. Golf hasn't shown the ability to get it to anybody else, quite frankly. And again, I think especially around the goal line, I think David Montgomery, he's going to be real popular in DFS. You got him in seasonal. I play that and feel cool about it. But I expect him to get his flowers this week. I expect Detroit to beat Chicago this week. On the Chicago side of things, Fields is coming back, so Chicago will be better. And uh, they're still going to lose this game. But I think Fields has nice running upside in this game. He always torches Detroit. He always torches uh, this defense for whatever reason. Um, So I think that he could do that but i don't necessarily want to pay for one of the receivers i think you don't have to do that you could just play him naked with no no accompanying receivers or even come at if you wanted to but i just don't think you got to do it i'm interested in him i think khalil herbert comes back this week as well he's got some shin splint stuff though and some other minor injury things the guy's just too small he's always going to be banged up no interest there not against this detroit defense which is not great but it's playing a little bit better so you know, they're rounding into form. Detroit's thinking about possibly one seed right now. You know, they're seven and two. So I don't think they're going to be tripped up by the Chicago Bears. I'm not too much interested in the Bears. They should be searching for a draft pick, basically. So keep on losing. Detroit rolls in this one. Reload. All right. Chargers going to Green Bay. So Love is going to have to throw. I think the Chargers should be ahead. Uh, I do like the Charger defense, though. I think they can put some pressure for some turnovers to seal the game. They will win that football game. But the Chargers do provide the opportunity to throw it. And Green Bay is going to be in comeback mode. They're going to be in chasing mode. So I like the guys he's going to throw to. Not the starters. So not Watson and Dobbs. That is not who Love throws to. He throws to Dontavious Wicks and he throws to Jaden Reed. So I like those guys, but I like Reed more than Wicks. I will play both in a DFS lineup to pay down so I can afford some expensive stuff. But for like just cash games, I like Reed that much. Seasonal, if you need something, you can play Reed. He's getting the looks, the attempts every game. Every game. Check it out. So we like Reed. The ground game should not be bad for Green Bay, but it's still such a split. And Dylan and seems to be doing better with it than Jones. So got Jones I think you got to play him you drafted him but if you got Dylan you can play him too I'm not paying for either of those guys for DFS purposes but Green Bay you know the path to victory is going to have to be airing it out to keep up Chargers side of things it's Keenan Allen for sure 
he'll beat that zone. He can beat that man coverage. Uh, you know, unless Jair Alexander shows up ready to roll and play, which I'm not necessarily hopeful for, then I think Keenan Allen could have a serviceable day. Not going to go off like he did last week, but he'll be fine. He'll be okay. He's in play. Chargers still need somebody else to step up, whether it's Everett at tight end or Guyton or Quentin Johnston. Somebody else has to step up and be viable. That's where these losses are coming from because it's just a funnel, right? And so Allen can get his and they can still lose. Obviously, Eckler is in play. But again, can somebody else step up? I do like Eckler a lot, though, for sure. Green Bay pretty susceptible against the run. And so Eckler, Allen, that's the show right now until they show us something else. Now, this week, that will be enough. But in the grand scheme of things, moving for the rest of the season, that might not be enough. They're going to have to be figuring out where else do we go, right? But this week, that'll be enough. The Chargers defense will do enough. They'll win. Reload. Giants going to Washington. Look, Giants got their back against the wall. We see frustration on the sidelines between the coaches and stuff during the games now. There's a lot of bad feelings in New York around this football team. So, their backs are against the wall. It's a divisional opponent. I just don't like Washington's chances of blowing them out of the water. I'm a little leery of that, right? So I know Sam Howe is Mr. Wonderful now. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants to play him this week. You think he's a lock. I think the Giants are going to play him tough. Now, I'm not saying he can't you know, do some damage, but the Giants are not going to roll over. I don't think they're going to try to make it tough. So they're coming with... You know, Tommy DeVito, and uh, I don't know what we get there. You get to keep putting eight in the box against Saquon Barkley, so that makes life tough against him. Maybe they can get it to Slayton this week. I think he's probably viable if you are in desperation need of a wide receiver. I would look there just because Washington has been so bad against the pass. Like, Washington has been so bad. If you cannot do this game this week, then you should not be in the NFL, basically. Washington has been so bad. So, Slayton should be the emergency break glass in case of emergency play if you need. But Washington has players that look better. I like McLaurin, but how can spread it around? He'll get it to Samuels. He'll get it to Dotson. They're all in play. And so, you know, as Giants adjust their defense, I think Washington will just find the guy and get it to him. So I'm hesitant to say one over the other, but I really do think you got to go with McLaurin as that primary guy. Biggest chance to get into the box. I like him against the zone. He's going to be fine against man. It's a great matchup. And so he's $5,800 at DFS. I think you got to you got to flirt with that, right? And so I like him. I like them. I like Robinson at running back too. There's a lot to like about Washington. The problem is the defense isn't that good. And I think the Giants are going to give them all that they're worth this week. So if the Giants do that, then that means that you're going to get better performances from guys like Barkley. Waller, Slayton, as I said, and then obviously DeVito. Don't go crazy with it, but I'm just saying the Giants are going to find some way to hang around. I don't think Washington just trounces them. If they do, some people's jobs are going to be in question for sure. We know the offensive coordinator uh, was fired in Buffalo. So, like, like, just an example of, like, how things are hot right now. You know, things are hot right now. So, I think the Giants are another team where things are hot right now. They're going to give it a tough, they're going to give it a tough try, but I think they will, they'll find a way to win this game. Washington won't win this game. 
Giants will love nothing more than to send them to four and seven, put them a little bit on the outside of the playoff picture as opposed to inside. I think they can pull that off. Washington, just too many holes in what they're doing. That is another, you know, coaching uh, group of guys that is also questionable right now. And so, yeah. But I will say I like Eric Bieniemy calling plays for this team as opposed to the Chiefs. I can see some of what he's doing looking good, but there's just a lot that they don't get right. Reload. Tampa Bay at San Fran. Tampa Bay, tough against the run. Doesn't mean McCaffrey won't be McCaffrey. But you could throw passes to running backs against Tampa Bay, so he could just as easily catch passes for touchdown. He's in play, but the passing game is in play. So Brock Purdy's in play, and he's so cheap. I'm wondering if it's a trap. I'm wondering if he's going to be heavily owned. I feel like a lot of people may be tempted to go for Stroud, and I want you to do that. We will take Purdy this week. Debo's in play. Ayuk's in play. Kittle's in play. McCaffrey's in play. Everybody's in play. We might as well just take Purdy. I don't think you have to play any of the other players with him in DFS just because we don't know who. Everybody's like in a really good spot. But for seasonal play, all those guys can feel fine. San Fran, the defense, they're in play for sure. I think that what makes me worry about Mike Evans this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not going to have the time to get the ball downfield as far as he likes to try to locate it to Evans. The rush will be there before that. So shorter targets. I'm assuming that means better day for Godwin as opposed to Evans. Hopefully Evans does not get blanked, but the rush and the defense specifically is going to cause problems for Mayfield. We might see him take off and use his running upside to try to negate that, but I'm fading him. I'm fading that offense. It's just San Francisco. It's just San Francisco, and their defense is going to lead the way. Reload. Jets at Buffalo. So Buffalo, this is a game of don't turn the ball over. Jets already beat them this year. I believe Buffalo can win this game and get the split. Kincaid is in play at tight end. Check it down, Allen. You don't have to make that gunslinger play every single time. Check it down. I think there's going to be a reminder to him this week to do that against a defense that he should because this guy is going to be open versus the Jets. Cook at running back. Look, you know, they bench him for, for you know, turning it over or whatever, and then there's salty feelings in the end. I mean, this is your best chance at running back. So you got to go with him, Dabble. And, you know, you guys are kind of on the hot seat too. You just fired your offensive coordinator. So it's kind of like, Things are not looking great over there. Let's turn it around. I expect that they will run the football this week. I ex- I don't know what to expect from you know the offense because different play calling now. So we'll have to see what we get there. But I expect a more steady hand with Allen, something more conservative. That's why I'm in on Kincaid. Devon, uh, Stephon Diggs is in play against the zone. He's in play for sure. I think he's a good play. I got no problems with that. You can fire him up. Uh, you know, it might be a little more precarious in the man-to-man type situation, but the Jets aren't going to play man-to-man every single play. So there's something to be said about that. They'll also move him around, so I'm not worried about it. Buffalo will have an opportunity to get it to him. They'll have an opportunity to get it to Kincaid, and they'll have an opportunity to run the ball. So that's a complete offense right there. We just don't need to turn the ball over. Defensively, they can play well too. Jets are gonna give them everything they're worth, though. So the Jets, I think, have a chance to run the football here. I like Brees Hall. He had a decent day, week one against these guys. He can do it again, and I think Buffalo should take a you know consideration into stopping the run, or else this is gonna be the bane of their existence this week. 
Gary Wilson is in play against this zone Buffalo defense for sure. I would fire him up. Buffalo's had a lot of problems stopping guys on the back end. It's Gary Wilson above all else, I think, whether they're playing man or zone, but it's mostly zone for Buffalo. So I like that. I do believe Zach Wilson can find him for sure. I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that. And I like that running game too. And so I expect a game that is pretty well contested by both sides, but I think the Jets are going to lose another tear, tearjerker. And I think Buffalo wins this one and jumps ahead of them here or stays ahead of him here. Buffalo wins this battle against the Jets at home. But I just think that Allen, they're going to make him focus on not turning the ball over and accepting doing enough to win and not just, you know, new napalm and everything, right? So that's the name of the game there. Win it. Reload. Seattle at the Rams. So Seattle is going to L.A., and I think this is a trap game for them. I think the Rams defense can play, you know, conservatively well against a divisional opponent. I'm a little concerned about that aspect of Seattle. Geno looked fine last week, but again, a lot of unwillingness to, you know, throw it down the field, cannot seem to find Metcalf. That seems like something that I can't take a chance on a DFS anymore. Lock it, if anything, but I'm looking at Walker this week, but also I just feel like if Geno doesn't want to air it out, then this defense with Aaron Donald on the front, even though Donald's not like wreaking havoc like he was two years ago, still formidable, right? And they can still provide a little bit of a rush. There's going to be some problems for him if he if he doesn't get it to his wide receivers. That's why I think the Rams can keep it close. He just seems to be a shell of himself from last year. This version of him is going to have problems against this Rams team. So they should rely on the run a little bit more to kind of ease things up for him. But I think it's going to be a closer contested game than what Seattle wants. On the Rams side of things, they're going to run it. You've got one more week of Daryl Henderson. Nothing to write home about, right? He's going to hit the double. It's not a home run. He's just going to hit the double, right? He's just you know, serviceable. Nothing to write home about. Cannot stress that enough. Receiver-wise, I'm looking at Cup. I think that's the only one that can be helped here with Stafford coming back because they're not Stafford's not getting it to two and three and four guys. It's not going to be Tutu Atwell. It's not going to be Nakua. I'm looking at Cooper Cup, if anything. And he's also very expensive. So for DFS, we can't play for that. Seasonal, you want to play him? That's great. Load him up and feel fine. He's in a good place, um, but ultimately their defense can save our butts in DFS. They're pretty cheap. We can pay down for them. I'm really suggesting that this week at 2800 bucks. I think that's a, a bargain in a game that I expect that they actually will win. Seattle floating along. They're the biggest pretenders at 6-3. and three. There's not a lot of toughness to this team. That's defensively and offensively. This is going to be tougher against this divisional opponent this week on the road. They're going to have to show that they can prove it. I just don't know that they have enough unless there's a late turnover. I'm going to give this one to the Rams, though. I say they get to four and six and knock Seattle down to six and four. Reload. Sunday night, Minnesota going to Denver. This will be a tough game. Dobbs and and Minnesota look good. But. So do Russ Wilson now in Denver. They, you know, he still is coming along. He's still afraid to sling it. He's trying not to make mistakes. I get it. But the run game is coming along for Denver. So that's helping him. And for Minnesota, Dobbs is, this offense is clicking. They're running plays designed for him that weren't in there for Cousins. And so they're figuring out who they are. 
And that's been fun to watch. And so this is an important game for both of these teams. Now, Denver, though, I think has a little bit of an edge at home here. So Minnesota, what's going to work for them? I don't necessarily believe that they have a dedication to running the football, but they should against Denver. They should give Madison the ball. They haven't been overly enthused with him. But you need to establish the run if you want to have a chance to beat Denver and this defense. And so I'm recommending that from them. Now, additionally there, uh, you got to be concerned about the ability to get it to Hawkinson versus this defense. I, you know, you got to look at Addison. You got to try to get the ball there. But Dodge is going to be able to take off. And that ability to take off is going to open things up. So I think that does help Hawkinson a bit. They have a chance to... Move the ball down the field. I don't know if they can just blow it out the water, though. Denver, for their side of things, I think Sutton is in play against this zone defense. It's certainly Sutton. Judy continues to struggle. Less of a target against the zone, more of a target against man. But it's mostly Sutton we're looking at here. And again, Javante Williams should be in play because they got to establish the run. Very similar teams. Very similar trajectories, and I'm going to give it to Denver, though. I think they keep this winning streak going just against Minnesota on the road. I think the Dobbs doesn't play horribly, but I but I think that Minnesota does not play as well as Denver does. It's still a new thing for them. They're still figuring things out. I think they come up against a little bit more adversity this week, and I do think that they hit a little bit of a brick wall. Denver should force their hand a bit more. We have to see much more of what Dobbs can do, I think, through the air. And so I'm interested to see what that looks like. And I expect Denver to keep it close, though, and find a way to win this football game in the end. And uh, we'll reload for our final shot. We'll make it a good one. It's a Monday night shot. Philly at KC reload. This is a heavyweight game for Monday night. Should be a fun one. Philadelphia. What can you say? I mean, they're going to come in. Hurts is going to you know, be able to run the ball. He has upside of getting in with the touchdown. He can get it to A.J. Brown. He can get it to Devontae Smith. Those are his guys. Those are the guys that are in play for sure. Running, though, they're in play too. Swift is in play for sure. Like, you you know, they're going to offset what they're doing by keeping him involved. So everything is going to need to be accounted for by the Kansas City defense, who hasn't been playing terrible lately. On the Kansas City side of things, Pacheco, I think, is going to have a tougher day on the ground. Kansas City's probably going to be looking to pass so i'm looking at rasheed rice but ultimately it's kelsey right they're going to feast for you know force feed their guy and then pepper everybody around him as necessary and try to play that game ultimately philly is not that uh bad to to play in the air the secondary is beatable if you can get past the rush i think kansas city can do that mahomes is going to find a way to keep him in this game i think he can he's a contender here philadelphia has been great though I'm looking at a weakness for them, and I'm not seeing it. They're coming off of a bye. They're going into Kansas City. Their offense looks better. I think their defense has one more week to get better with an all-pro safety added to it now. So I think we see a little bit more of that. But I think you have to go with Philadelphia in this one just based off of the offensive struggles that Kansas City has seen so far. If teams can take Kelsey out of the game, who else do you have? Whereas, you know, you've got these other ancillary pieces that just don't amount to much when you think about Rice and Kadarius Tony and, you know, Valdez Scantling. 
these guys aren't doing much, right? They would have to to win this football game. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not looking likely. We'll give it to Philadelphia on the road. We say they move to nine and one. Kansas City goes down to seven and three is what it looks like. But that is what I expect from that game. It should be a fun one. That's what I expect from the games this week. So I hope those game script analysis uh, notes help you guys kind of make your decisions for what you need to do this week. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. So let's finish it up. With a little bit of DFS. And we're going to keep it simple. Give you the reasons why we're going over going. But we're going Brock Purdy at quarterback. And he's $5,800. Very cheap this week. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay. We talked about them being able to stop the run. But um, Not stop the run against this team. Stop the run generally. They won't be able to stop the run. McCaffrey will be okay, but it's going to be tougher to stop the run. So the path to victory is in the air. So we like that for Purdy. Um, Easier time passing, passing to McCaffrey even. So $5,800 seems like a bargain for our guy Purdy. And if we go through the quarterbacks. So Allen, you know, he hasn't been trustworthy because of the turnovers in terms of paying off his salary. Tua, we're going to play him in the alternate lineup as our alternate quarterback at home versus a bad team narrative. We like that. We're going to play that. Um, The Raiders be two bad teams. We talked about this. They are still vulnerable to the run. HN gets eased back into it. Most are showing a little bit of wear and tear, but I expect them to split some time. They'll be fine, but Tyreek Hill will uh, ultimately lead the way for the fin. So we like Tua as our alternate. Herbert, though, I think is a little too expensive. And Prescott, also a little too expensive. Those are guys with run games that are in you know, better spots this week. Stroud is fine, but too popular. I think everybody's going to be on Stroud. And um, Fields, I think, is more of a question. I may put like a third outlier lineup and use Fields so I can fit in some other wide receivers I want. But that would be the reason for doing that. Golf, I like him, but I cannot play him over Tua. Simple. I'll pay up for Tua over golf. Stafford, no. How I can't pay for him when Brock Purdy, if Howe's 6300 and Brock Purdy's $5,800, and we even had that conundrum this week, right? So we've gone over that a lot. I'm paying down for Purdy. Gave you the reasons why. That's sort of my reasoning there. Like, even if I look at Kyler Murray, 6,100, I'd rather have Purdy at 58, right? So just to kind of walk you guys through that reasoning of going to quarterback there, an alternate quarterback, and then maybe Fields, right? But the running upside means we just don't play him with anything else. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, $9,300. 
expensive, but he can actually pay off versus these other receivers that are like, they cannot pay off. So you look at like, you know, Lamb and Diggs and Allen. It's a tough, not to say they can't, but it's they have to ball, ball, ball out. It's tougher. If Tyreek Hill does what he's just normally been doing, he could pay off. So that's what I mean by that. So of Lamb and Diggs and Allen, those top guys, those 9K guys, I actually like Hill more. I think this week you need one of those guys. So why not go get the best of them, right? It just doesn't make sense to get one of the other guys. So I'm down for that. And even though I like Diggs and Lamb, I think that I like Hill a little more. Allen too. But, you know, again, we're talking the salary versus what you could pay off. I'm on where I was saying Brown is interesting. I might play him in the fields lineup, actually, and just bring him back that way. But those will be the top end guys I'm looking at. I told you why I don't want to play Devontae Adams this week in what I think a cup. Waddle will play in the tournament at 7,600 for sure. Pair him a long time. Pair him alongside Tyreek Hill and just pay down on a bunch of other spots. That is the way to go there. Garrett Wilson at $6,400 is in a great spot, and we're going to use him as a salary saver so we can afford these more expensive wide receivers. And we're also going to pay down with Jaden Reed because we need to afford these wide receivers. So he's 4K. That's a good value in a game where they should be trailing. He's getting the targets and receptions week after week. So I like him. And even at $3,300, Dontavious Wicks in a tournament. So the tournament lineup would have Waddle and Wicks along with Hill and Reed. So that's a lot of Dolphins and Packers uh, in the two lineup. But now you guys know most of my lineup there. I do want to say I like Nico Collins at $6,700. I don't know if I get there this week, but I've got no problems with that. I think that's a real nice play for sure. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, just not sure if they need to get to him. Lockett probably is okay of a play, but at $6,500, I don't know if he can actually pay that off and go 3X in the way we need. Cooper, he's got the down uh, grade out quarterback this week, Amari Cooper. Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, $6,100, probably just a little too more too expensive for him. We want something in the fives. Kobe Myers, I think that's a good spot too, guys. $6,100, I probably don't get there. But if you want to do that, I don't have a problem with that. But Christian Kirk is there at six k. The problem with him and Christian Kirk is McLaurin is there at $5,800. Honestly, guys, I will, I will play him above those guys. And so I've, I've got some interest in McLaurin there, $5,800. Um, I'm looking at everything else. And no, just Jaden Reed down there. I mean, you can't, you know, I know you got Dobson and all that stuff, but I would play McLaurin over him. Noah Brown, no, because you get Nico Collins back. So I would even play Nico Collins over Tank Dell, DeAndre Johnson and uh or Deontay Johnson and Pickens. Nope. Nope. Don't want anything from Pittsburgh against Cleveland. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. Now, as far as tight end goes, we're going to go with Kincaid, y'all. $4,900, more reliable part of the offense since Knox went down. Allen can use him to make the safer choice and take what's there, basically. So we want to get involved in that at that price for sure. Tony Pollard is going to be in the flex. $6,600, easy choice. Dallas is in a great spot to run the football. Even if you guys get ahead by throwing it, you still got to run the football. So we like Pollard. And uh, I know Dowdle's lurking, but I like Pollard more than Dowdle here. It's just a really good spot versus this Panthers uh, and a get-right thing for the run game. I know how important the run game is to coach. So Dallas is going to have to try to get right. Uh, McCarthy himself talked about wanting to run the ball more last year against you know the 49ers or what have you. So 
there are times where he thinks about it, and I know that this is a chance to establish the run this week. Defense, the Rams, $2,800 versus Seattle. Winnable matchup, great price. And then the Jets in our alternate lineup, $2,600. They can pay it off if Allen struggles. So we'll, we have some interest there. But the key to all this is the running backs this week. We're going to go with the same strategy as last week. Pay down, take all of Cleveland, four to $5,200, $149. Just makes sense. We quarterback, team still with playoff aspirations. They have a good ground game. They're going to use it. They're going to use both backs. And so we've seen it work in the past this year and work, and we're going to rely on that this week. That is what we mean in terms of paying down for Hunt, Reed, Wicks. These are the players that help us afford some of the higher costing players up there. And I think, as I said this week, one of those 9K wide receivers you're going to need. So if you're thinking of making a lineup without them, you can. But I don't know if you get away with that because one of those guys is going to explode, and I think we want Hill. That's going to do it for DFS. And just like that, we went over week 11. Guys, really quickly, www.tigerbombsae.com. That's our website. You can listen to this podcast there or watch this podcast there from the YouTube link. All you got to do is click on the process page, and you can learn Scott Win and Repeat from there. You can find us everywhere, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, X, everywhere. You would just search the same way, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. Our links will come up. You can like and subscribe, follow, do whatever the applicable thing is. That way we can keep you informed every week as we come out with these podcasts, usually on Friday morning, Thursday evening. Next week, though, we got the holiday, so happy Turkey Day to everybody. We will probably just do an early episode, get it out on Wednesday. So I, for, I caution you, we have less information if we're doing it earlier in the week, but we got to get you something before Turkey Day, especially because of those games on Turkey Day. All right, that's what I got for you guys this week. Good luck on Sundays if you're playing DFS. Good luck in seasonal. Hopefully everybody wins. We'll huddle up next week, talk about what we saw, get ready for week 12. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.